Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 703 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, we chat with Sunita about her most recent musical goings on, what's happening in 2023, and her most recent appearance on a TV celebrity dating show. Uh, we catch up with Peter Cater all about his music and his latest release of his 70 albums. Also on top of that, Rory the Vet joins us from Blue Peter. Uh, he'll be along to talk about travel when it comes to taking your pets away over Christmas Sam Thompson from Made in Chelsea will be with us. He is Master of Celebrations for After Eight this year. We'll be talking about some brilliant ways of making Christmas a bit of fun. And on top of that, we'll be hearing from Starstruck Theatre about their production of Jack and the Beanstalk, which is on this week. And we'll be finding out about the extended opening hours for the Marsh Lane plant sale. That's all on the way on the show this week. Now, Christmas is going to be a little bit different this year, but new research done by After Eight has told us exactly how we can have the best time. Somebody who confesses to be an absolute Christmasaholic is Made in Chelsea, Sam Thompson, who joins me now. Hello, sir. Hello, mate. How are we doing? Very well, thank you, sir. How are you? I'm okay and getting ready for that Christmas spirit, and I'm sure you are too. Now, you are, let's, let's get the title right, After Eight's Master of Celebrations for 2022 at Christmas. So you are head of Christmas magic this year. Do you know what, mate? I've uh, it's it's a very big title to to hold on one's shoulders. Um, I've been doing it in my household for years, to be fair. So uh, we're just expanding the horizons ever ever so slightly. But uh, yeah, a master celebrations. And um, look, I mean, to be honest, mate, after eight, what we what we want to do together this year is just uh, you know, obviously it's it's going to be a, a harder Christmas for a lot of people, and we just want to sort of bring in that family spirit that togetherness that you know it's not about so it's not always about the extravaganza it's not always about the big gifts um you know it's it's mainly about the feeling you get when you're with your family and friends and loved ones whether that be one person two people ten people um and yeah that's sort of the the what we what we want to get across with with after eight this year but yes, it's, it's, but it's party games, a friend must this year, you know, making Christmas all about your friends. And have, have you got any favourite moments in this sort of thing? Because is it about all the board games or do you like a bit of karaoke as well? Man, I'm going to be honest with you, mate. I've, I've, I'm a jack of all trades when it comes to Christmas, <laughs> mate, to be fair. Uh, board games for me are the pinnacle. I, I, I was talking a bit earlier actually about Monopoly and I think that it's one of the best games ever created for Christmas. And I don't think there's ever not been an argument if I'm now thinking about it. <laughs> I genuinely don't. I think there's been an argument every... My missus is the most... Honestly, mate, she like she is the most competitive person in all what Scrabble as well. Like if she... Mate, but also I cheat. I cheat at every single ball game I do. Don't shock anyone. But I do. I cheat. Mate. And basically, all you got to do is make sure you sit next to the bank. And uh, and just every time, because you know it's a long game, so you know people's attentions change. If your attention never wavers, you can just slip a five hundred from the bank every single couple of turns. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I don't think I've ever not cheated, but I love a board game, mate. Um, I love a Christmas movie. That that feeling when you've uh, you know, you've had your Christmas dinner or your long lazy Christmas lunch. You've um, maybe even had a bit of cheese or whatever. You sit down. You've had your after eight, by the way, because there's that little window, isn't there? Yeah. Where you go. Should um, have a. Do you have an after eight? And there's always that one person who goes, is it time to um should we get the should we get the box? 
and uh, and so you, so you've done that, and then you sit down after that. You're you're really full, pleasantly full, and you sit down. And you go, do you know what? Let's put on a Christmas movie. It's like whether it's Elf or or, or Home Alone or even Harry Potter. To be honest, they've got a, a channel on Sky, but it's those little moments that I I, I love those things yeah. a lot. And and roast potatoes. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Although <laughs> I actually I, I made I got a Christmas fail once. I made I was in charge of roast potatoes. Mum put me on roast potato duty. And I burnt all of them. And it meant I basically ruined Christmas. I think she even told me I'd ruined Christmas at one point. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, never again. Never again. I do carve, though. I do carve. Yeah, and, and that, I mean, that's that's an adult responsible job, isn't it? Okay. Electric carving Huge knife or, or manual? Which would you, you going to go for? Oh, manual, mate. Oh, every, every single time, mate. And so it's, it's probably the biggest job in Christmas, I think. Um, my granddad used to always do it. And um, I think he he passed down the baton to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a toughie because, you know, if you've got a turkey or something like that, you know, you've got to, got to get around the legs and stage. It's, it's, a, it's not the easiest, mate. It's, a, it's but, a skill. It is a skill. It's like being the master of celebrations, mate. It's a lot yeah. of weight on one's shoulders. <laughs> for, for you and Zara, this is the first Christmas you're hosting this year, though. It is indeed, mate. It's a terrifying prospect. So you're actually carving in your own home, which means there's lots of other things to contend with as well. And uh, oh, so yeah, it, you've, you've got to get it right. But when it comes to, to, to music, though, have you got you know your Christmas CD lined up, or are you going to just stick the wireless on? So, so I stick the wireless. What we do normally is we just go. We we've got an Alexa in this mm-hmm. house. And, well, you, uh, all exactly. you need to do is ask her to play WCRFM, and we will look after you on the Christmas music. Well, exactly front, okay. what happened. Alexa just turned on. Um, but, but yeah, mate, we, I just need to go play Christmas. Mate, we've been doing it since the 1st of December. We are so, mate, our tree's basically dying. We've had it too early. <laughs> we, we're so keen that we've literally also, mate, we, we're next time. It's fake trees from now on, by the way, because I just can't like the, 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 all the, all the dead pine needles and stuff. It's just not worth it. So it's plastic one from here on out, I think. And then you can reuse it every year as well. So, you know, it's, 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 it's like recycling, isn't it? Which is good. Yeah, exactly. So where can we go for more information about your world of Christmas and how we can make you the master of celebrations in our home too? Well, sir, I, 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 a shameless plug, but I'm um, releasing a video on my, um, on my social media platforms. And um, so it's Sam Thompson UK and obviously After Eight's Instagram handle as well. We're sort of releasing a video which basically encompasses uh, everything that we love to do this Christmas. It's got a little bit of humour in it as well because I am master of celebrations. And if you don't know me, then I, I love a bit of comedy so um yeah, basically <laughs> i put my own spin on it and uh yeah it's 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 a funny it's a fun video and uh yeah, i think it encompasses everything that we're trying to do this um this christmas and, and it was a few years ago the after eight challenge are you going to be joining in with that this christmas again as well i call it the sam challenge man i don't know where this few years ago came. I, i'm telling everyone i came up with it to, like this year but yeah man, i actually got my mum to do it a couple of days ago and she actually did it really well she got it in her mouth within like sort of two seconds like, have you done that it just slipped went in <laughs> That's nuts. She I inhaled it. I love an after eight challenge. Have you done it? I haven't actually, no. Oh, mate, you need to get in. Oh, this Christmas will make it happen. It'll be good fun. There'll probably be videos of that too. I'll, I'll send them Dude, to you I'm on, on, on your Insta. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Have a brilliant Christmas and uh, make sure you get plenty of after eights in. Jason, thank you so much, mate. Starstruck Theatre are in action with a bit of pantomime fun from the 14th through to the 18th of December. They are over at the mill in Sedgley and it is Jack and the Beanstalk. I have Princess Jasmine and King Edward, a.k.a. Grace and Patrick. Hello to you both. 
Hello. Hi. First of all, uh, very regal roles. It must be great fun uh, playing uh, you know, a, a, bit, a big part in the show and uh, getting titles too. Absolutely. And, and father and daughter is, is that what it actually is. So that's good as well. We don't have to act too much. <laughs> she tells me what to do. Yeah, that's the way it is. And, uh, but, uh, and of course, uh, you know, heir to your fortune. Oh, absolutely. What's left of it? <laughs> Probably spends <laughs> most of her life spending as much as she could, to be fair. I'm not going to cast aspersions around the family. So what's it like being part of this one for Starstruck? Because Panto is always brilliant fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's always a great laugh. And like Starstruck's like a family, so we all just have a great time whilst doing it. And obviously uh, you talk about Starstruck family. Who's directing for you on this one? So this is directed by Ashley Wilkes, um, who is also in it, um, playing Simple Simon. So he's Typecasting. Oh, absolutely. He would, nobody else could do it. <laughs> There's no <laughs> bigger fool. <laughs> It'll be awesome. He, he likes a giggle and a good he laugh, does. so that should be good fun there. And uh, t tell us a bit about some of the other members of the team who are going to be on stage. Yeah. Right, so we've got Jack, who's played by Ethan Hamlet. We've got Richard Probert playing Dame Trot. We've got Ben Burdle playing Flesh Creep. And we have Stacey Lovett playing Mother Nature. And can't forget about Laura Leo and Keith Cartwright, who are in Daisy the Cow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All important roles. Daisy the Cow is vital Very to Jack important. and the Beanstalk. Hottest, hottest job on set. <laughs> in this weather though that's not a bad thing is it <laughs> i think they'd argue <laughs> okay and you've got to be good friends if you're playing a cow absolutely right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now i i know the starstruck too. i like to take on some some brilliant shows and doing jack and the beanstalk at christmas this is one which it's it's, it's a nice traditional one but I, i'm gonna guess you've got a few little modern twists in there too yeah, obviously modern songs, which keeps it keeps it going, keeps it current, uh, and trying to uh, adapt some of the jokes so that they're they're relevant as well, um, and a little bit of a TikTok nod through it as well, <laughs> which I know nothing about, but Grace Grace does. <laughs> That's part of the education, isn't it? But you're great doing something like this and learning about the latest stuff. That's Definitely. right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so, I mean, you both must have some great songs, uh, whether you're part of an ensemble or, or the main group singing. What's your favourite in the show? Um, I'd say my favourite song is my solo, which is No Time to Die by Billie Eilish. Um, but definitely Let's Get Loud's definitely a good mm, song. Yeah. Definitely I, a good feel. Good I feel. like the voice, which is a bit of a throwback for me, the John Farnham, the voice. <laughs> That's quite, you know, and ends act one and is pretty, uh, you know, Pretty, pretty atmospheric song, isn't it? So that's a good one. And I'd say a nice run and just enough to put people in the right mood for Christmas. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, that's why we choose to do it Do it now, you know, get everybody in the mood. We'll have a visit from Santa as well um, each night. So that'll be great for the kids. Plenty for them to shout at, you know, lots <laughs> of booing and hissing. Mm -hmm. uh, every, everything there, you know, a horrible baddie to be booed, and it's yeah, not yeah. me for a change, which is brilliant. Yeah, you didn't get the short <laughs> straw this year, which is which is nice. I like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you've also got the giant, and how how does the giant come to life, or is that magic we can't talk about? Well, yeah, we don't want to say too much, but he does come to life. He's not just a voice. No, Let's you will see him. Mm. Okay, there's something to look forward to. So as we say, it is the uh, 14th through to the 18th of December, which is Wednesday through to Sunday. So some yeah. good opportunities to get along and see it and take a break from Christmas shopping as well. How much is it to give along and where do we get tickets? Right. It is £14 for adults, £10 for senior citizens and under-16s. So that's really good value. Mm -hmm. um, and... Website is www.ct.co.uk forward slash Jack. That will take you there.
Yeah, or you can give the box office call on 01902 334 That's uh, Wolverhampton number 334 But the important thing is getting good tickets, however you get them. Great value pantomime, brilliant fun, and a hugely talented bunch at Starstruck. They are absolutely amazing, so you're going to have a great time. And that's not just the two here. There are a lot of them, even Ashley. <laughs> Dead right. <laughs> yeah, everyone is amazing. Yeah. Good fun just before Christmas, as you say. Jason. Yeah, and... Yeah. Do give them a follow on Facebook as well. Just look for Starstruck Theatre. And it's the one with like a star on it. It looks like it might have been struck by something. That will work. Patrick and Grace, have a brilliant time. Break a leg. Enjoy Panto. And uh, enjoy uh, doing your your royal things that you do during said time on stage. Thank you. Over at the Mill Theatre, actually. Brilliant. Thanks again. Christmas is going to be sociable this year, and that means we've got about 12 million pets on the move too. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Blue Peter's Rory the Vet, Dr Rory Cowlin. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Jason. Now, uh, tell us a bit more about taking our pets out and about, because if if it's a short trip, most of them can cope with it, because they're used to to the little run down to the park to enjoy a run round and then get back, having already covered the seats in mud and the like. However, uh, when it comes down to a longer journey, you do sometimes need to prep your pet a little better. Absolutely. And as you say, 12 million pets are going to be on the move, which is staggering when you think about it. Um, But yeah, it's... It's anxiety inducing, you know, going going home for Christmas is stressful enough. Taking your pet just adds on to that. And it can be stressful both for them and for us. And particularly if it is that little bit longer, you know, than the 15 minutes down the road. Um, and preparation is absolutely key. The other thing we've got to think about is over the last couple of years, lots of people have got new pets. So actually, this could be the first time they're taking their pets home for Christmas ever. And I, I think that is part of the magic, though, isn't it, as well? Because the the family will know you maybe have a, a dog or a cat, but uh, they yeah, meeting them is something special, and it, and it makes that part of your family part of their family too. Totally. They are absolutely part of the family. And, you know, it, actually, if we go back to some of the stats we've got, that's quite interesting. It really does show how much part of the family they are. Um, we've got almost two-thirds of pet owners would rather stay home with their pet this Christmas rather than leave their pet behind, which I think is hilarious. But also, I'm totally in that two-thirds. <laughs> and we've got a bit of a, an acronym, haven't we, here for, for pets? So we are making sure we do what we need to do to get them ready for the journey. Absolutely. So this has been put together by my, myself, Lily's Kitchen and, uh, and, and Great Western Railway. Um, and we put together, yeah, P-E-T-S, which, as you very rightly point out, spells pet. And, uh, and if I quickly fire through them for you. So we've got, we got P is for planning and provisions. So if you are taking your pet uh, uh, away for Christmas, whether it be on the train or in the car or in the plane or whatever it is, make sure you plan ahead. Make sure you know your routes. Make sure you plan for comfort breaks if it's a particularly long journey. Uh, and make sure your, your pet's going to be okay on that journey. E, e is for entertainment. Um, just like our two-legged kids, our four-legged kids will also get bored. So uh, they don't toy. watch DVDs in quite the same way, though, do they? Correct. You, though weirdly, you can get iPad apps for them that yeah. they do play really oddly. Never done it for my dog, but people tell me they're really fun. So something to keep them entertained, a chew toy, something like that uh, for for the journey is ideal. Um, T trial runs and training. So for me, this is the absolute key. A trial run is worth its weight in gold. If you are going to be going on that day, we've already said it's going to be stressful. There's going to be loads of people. There's going to be 12 million pets. So don't do it on the first for the first time. Don't take your dog on a train on the 23rd of December. Make sure you you do a a very brief 
tester just before just to make sure there's no issues that you need to address before uh, and i'd be advising to do that probably this week if you can um, and then s is for socialize so you know your pet best do they like people do they like other dogs do they like other cats do they like pigeons whatever it is make sure they're well kitted out to to socialize safely on their journey and never feel bad about turning down someone who wants to say hello to your pet you are their guardian after all when it comes to traveling i mean particularly traveling on a train is a great way for them to do it because it's not stuffy like a car they can actually stretch their legs a little bit so they're less likely to get agitated anyway and uh, yeah you might take a cat in a cat transporter but still you know it's it's a it's it's, it's an unusual experience for them and uh, uh, the dogs are going to absolutely adore maybe standing you know somewhere they can see outside and, and watching the world go by Absolutely. My, my lurcher goes on the train regularly. We, we go back to the southwest and, uh, and she absolutely loves it. But as you say, you know, the first time they go on, the floor moving is a bit of a weird sensation when you're not used to it. So, um, yeah, do, do make sure you, you do that, that trial run, get them used to it. And, and as you say, it is, it, it's just nicer than the car rather than packed around with all the presents in the boxes. Um, actually having a little bit of space to stretch the legs is quite lovely. And what provision are the likes of GWR making to make it easier when it comes to putting pets on trains? So they have made this lovely map of pet friendly stations. So if you are traveling with your dog and you need to find somewhere to stop for a pee and a poo, because um, you will know your dog's ablutions, I'm afraid. It's just part and parcel of being a dog owner. Um, and you do need to stop. Just, just look at the map and it will tell you where there are stations with a very local area of grass where you can take them out just for a little, little comfort break and a relax from the hustle and bustle. And is the time sometimes at a stop to be able to do that? If you, you look out for the train journeys where you're going to be five, ten minutes somewhere? Absolutely. Yeah. So do, do look ahead. Do That all comes into your P for planning. Plan ahead, work out where that stop would work and uh, and then go from there. Most importantly, plan for yourself, too, because you, you, it's going to it's going to de-stress your journey, having your four legged friend with just for the fact you can relax and you've got a friend to travel with. And if you do want to have a conversation, you haven't got to talk about the weather. You can talk about Fido. <laughs> totally. Exactly. And, you know, it's lovely. I, I take I take Nala on the on the tube and the train regularly, as I said. And she turns into a celebrity for however long she's on there. You know, everyone wants to say hello to her. She loves it. Uh, I appreciate some dogs don't quite love it, but she's an absolute diva. So she just wants all the attention. Um, and yeah, she she loves it. You being yeah celebrity vet as well, does that mean you also get quiz questions as you're travelling too? As soon as people know, as soon as people hear hear the word VET, it's immediate. Oh, my dog had this rash. Oh, my cat had this limp. What did you think of this? Yeah, it, but I love it. I, I, I actively encourage it. It's really sweet. Where can we go for more info on travelling as we head towards Christmas? So head to lilieskitchen.co.uk or GWR's website for all the information on the, the pets campaign that we're doing. Well, Dr. Rory Kaelin, aka Rory the Vet, thank you for joining us and have a brilliant Christmas and travel safely. Thank you so much. Cheers, Jason. Merry Christmas. Now, Sunita has been working particularly hard. When we had a catch-up a few weeks ago, when she was supporting a campaign against violence against women, uh, we got to talking a bit about music. And there is so much going on, we had to get Sunita back for a bit more of a natter. And I say hello to you now. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. So, um, we were talking last time and you got a brand new single. We took a little bit of a listen to that. But what else is going uh -huh. on in your wider world? Because I, I know you're sat there with your dog, who's obviously a massive part yes. of your world. Let's have introductions, first of all. This is Scarlett. Oh, sorry. Scarlett, say hello. Scarlett. Oh, no, she's being shy today. Okay, we won't make sure. She'll just <laughs> sit here and listen. She'll be yes, happy. Yes, Scarlett O'Hara, my beautiful puppy. Yes. Um, yeah, but things are going good. Guess what I'm doing now? Since I've seen you, I've started dating on television. 
I'm doing this show called Celebs Go Dating, where Anna and Paul, who are like the matchmaking experts, yeah, matchmake you and send you on dates with, you know, suitable people. Does, does this mean you will have love by Christmas, do you think? It's, it, it's very possible. It's very possible. But it's been, the show's been on for a week now. So the second week starts tonight. Gosh, I've just realised it. So week two is on tonight. So you'll see me on one of my, one of my dates. Um, and it's really, it's really fun. It's really, it's kind of weird, to be honest. It's kind of weird, but it's fun as well. You just have to get over the weirdness and then <laughs> just think, you know, you're just meeting nice people. You're just meeting nice people. And if there's a spark or interest, then, you know, it can turn into something. Because, I mean, you were looking for love and we will find out whether you found it later. But, I mean, it must be difficult for, <laughs> for someone like yourself going down the, uh, you know, the Tinder line because everybody knows who you are. Yeah, and also I, you know, because I'm from a different generation, like you just wouldn't do things like that when I was younger. It feels a bit weird to just go out with someone you don't know. Um, although, remember, Scylla used to have blind date. She did. So it's kind of like blind date. <laughs> um, but you know, because Scylla's, you know, with the with the matchmakers that are matching you to people. But I like the idea of this more than an app because of that element. Because apart from them maybe knowing who I am the fact that I don't know who they are at all. And it just feels a bit unsafe. Um, you know, people can just take the mickey out of you or I don't know, play tricks on you, random mm -hmm. crazy things. So I just didn't, I, I wouldn't really feel safe uh, meeting people through an app. But so this works well and we get to share the joy and the ups and downs as well, which is uh, <laughs> yes. part of it. But <laughs> aside from that though, I mean, uh, we we we've known all about you for what it is it thirty odd years now. Heck, the, the, yes. the, the first hits yes. were when I was well, I was fifteen presenting on a radio station, and uh, you know it, it, it's amazing music, but it still stands the test of time today. Which is so nice. I mean, you know, I go on Twitter, and you know, there's people like sort of out at a club, you know, a little bit tipsy, <laughs> sending me videos of them singing along to hitching a ride and things like that, and it, it, it's so nice that it stood the test of time because, you know, our music certainly wasn't considered classic at the time. I mean, a lot of DJs, I mean, thankfully you weren't one of them, but yeah. a lot of people didn't even want to play our music back then because it was so teeny bopper and so pop. But it's ended up being, you know, the, the soundtrack to a lot of people's childhood. So they have mm. happy memories. But, uh, but it was fun. And that's the thing. And throughout your career, you've done a load of great fun things. There's been dark days, but there's been so much enjoyment along the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm so blessed, so lucky when I look back. And I just think even now, like, I, I didn't know I'd be doing, you know, I got to do the Chicago, play Mama Morton in Chicago, the, you know, the, during this last year. And things like that, I didn't even aspire to because it's such a big, meaty role. And, you know, you don't sort of see yourself that way. But I, I'm just so happy that things are continuing to go well, you know, I'm still working, I'm busy, I'm dating, talking to you on the radio, you know, life is good. It's fantastic. And we so say we've had a single already this year. What else have we got musically on the way? Yeah. Well, I am working on an album, which is um, exciting as well, um, and collaborating with a lot of sort of young, uh, you know, current musicians and mm -hmm. producers and writers, which is really exciting. Um, and getting to perform, I'm going to be doing some festivals in the new year, you know, the Rewind and the Let's Rock festivals, the cheer up parties, um, you know, but the thing is, the secret to all of this for me is, is that I genuinely 
really enjoy doing it. Mm -hmm. So I'm I get paid to to go on stage and sing and prance about, <laughs> which is great fun. <laughs> but I mean, things. I mean, you've always been one for working across the generations. Anyway, it just happens you're now sort of the middle of the generations, whereas you were the youngest in the room to start off with. Yeah. And it's about a collaboration yeah, yeah. across all people that really brings the music to life and it makes it fun. Yeah, yeah, it's so nice. I love the way you put that, from being the youngest in the room to being in the middle of the room. You didn't say at the, at the top of the room, which was very polite. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with, with the new album, though, and uh, that I, I assume there could be a full tour off the back of that. I mean, I would, I would definitely try, because like I said, I toured in Chicago and survived. <laughs> so, you know, a music tour would be great fun. Yeah, with dancers and costumes, the whole thing. You know, why, why not? Yeah. And I mean, you do constantly keep reinventing bits of your world. What what do you think you would like to do in the next, you know, five to ten years? Well, work wise, I mm -hmm. mean, I mean, I think I should be the next Scylla, to be honest. Yeah, and then start and start maybe re re bring I, back Blind Date and and go for it from there. Bring back Blind Date. <laughs> let me do. Let me be the sort of fairy godmother matchmaker. You know, I love things like that. I like the old sort of family night TV programs and things like that. And like you said, because I sort of span the generations, I feel like I think it could work because you've got the people who watched me grow up, the people who've grown up with me, and then the kids who've kind of, you know, I've always been there all their lives. So I think something like that would be fun. I, I would actually love to see you on the panel and then one of the singers on that uh, BBC show, I Can See Your Voice, because, I mean, that looks such good for oh, yes. And you would be amazing on there. That's fun too. That would be so much fun. But is that the one that Alison does, right? Yes, yes. Have uh, a word Alison with her. Would love her. Yes, I would love to do it with her, but we'd probably just be laughing all night and having a good time. <laughs> It'd be great fun. <laughs> It'd be brilliant. So um, Christmas, what have you got planned so far? Anything exciting? Well, I'm actually going to go away for Christmas uh, this year with my mother um, because that's our kind of family our family thing so me yeah. and my mom and the kids we we go off so we're going to go away for christmas be back for new year mm -hmm. and then have a little bit of time before you know it all work starts ramping up again yeah another busy 2023 uh, ahead of you so that will be absolutely <laughs> amazing where do we go for everything that you're doing as well as of course watching you on telly i'm learning to get better at my instagram now my twitter's <laughs> great i think because all i have to do is chat and of course i can chat and chat and chat <laughs> but i'm getting my instagram together so i'll be uploading sort of information as and when things come because i'm also doing um a supplement like a skincare line and everything mm. uh, with a company called carrot I need to say it properly, Carelessim, um, beautiful, beautiful skin products for men and women, all ages, all, all ethnicities that I swear by. So, um, yes, I'll be uploading things with help to my Instagram. <laughs> We're expecting you on TikTok before you know it as well, because there must be some amazing oh dance moves you could do. My kids would kill me. My kids have threatened <laughs> me that they'll leave TikTok if I show up. So that's a bit, you know, that's a that's a red flag to a ball, isn't it? <laughs> no, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Your kids' loss is our gain, I think, if you do do it. That would be absolutely amazing. <laughs> and because we just find you on all the socials, we're just searching for Sunita. Yeah, so what am I? The Sunita Official. I think that's my name on Instagram and on Twitter as well. Keep it simple. The Sunita Official. Yeah, I'd love to talk to people and hear from everyone and, you know, just get chatty. Well, lovely to catch up with you again. Thank you for having a bit of a natter and have a fantastic Christmas and brand new year. You too. Thank you so much, darling. Well, I'll speak to you in the new year, no doubt. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Ciao for now. Take care. Bye-bye.
Peter Cater has been producing jazz music for maybe a little longer than he'd care to remember, but it is getting bigger and better as we go through every single day. His current single is The Path Is Clear, and he's here now to tell us all about his current work. Hello, sir. Hello, Jason. How are you doing? I'm good, and I hope we're finding you uh, getting ready for Christmas, but also enjoying the, the current music releases too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm in Hawaii, actually, so Christmas is like very Hawaiian style here with lots of shorts and T-shirts and palm trees. That is the way you want to do Christmas, though, given half a chance, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so where are you native to, though? Because that's not where you began in your life, is it? No, actually, I was born in Munich, Germany, um, and lived my uh, first four years there, and then with German parents, and uh, then moved to uh, New Jersey in the United States, and then um, moved to Colorado, and then California. Here I am in Hawaii. I just keep on moving west. <laughs> Before you know it, you could well end up back uh, in Germany because uh, it's, it's it's definitely on the way. It's on the way. I have to go to Japan first and then over to India. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Once you cross the international dateline, there'll be no stopping you. But there we go. <laughs> so, I mean, the music itself, is, is that a journey for you as well? Or has it always been jazz at your, in your heart? It's been a journey for sure. And I definitely go in and out of different styles of music. Sometimes it's more jazz, sometimes it's more world music, sometimes more new age. I also really enjoy doing soundtracks. And I've written lots of music for uh, TV and also for some Broadway productions. So I just kind of go wherever my muse leads me. You know, it's, it's kind of an ongoing journey and exploration. Yeah, I think we're understating. I mean, have you done some TV? Oh, is it more than 100 television shows uh, and uh, 11 on off Broadway dramatic musicals on top of 70 plus albums? Yeah, well, you know, I've been doing it for a little while. I know that I look like I'm in my 20s, but actually, you know, I'm much I, I, older. I'd have said, I'd said, I'd said 31, to be honest. I was going to age you a little bit. 31, 31. Okay. All right. We, I we can go with that. that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, dare I ask, how many decades have you been in the industry now? I released my first album in 1983, so we're going on four decades. Which which is good, and I think that that certainly classes as, as a good amount of experience. But that that I mean that means we're looking at, at an album every 18 months, though, aren't we? <clears throat> uh, we're looking at around almost two albums a year. Yeah, that's, uh, but that yeah. yeah, but that includes uh, you know soundtracks as mm -hmm. well. You know, because often we would release uh, a soundtrack with uh, you know for a movie or a series or something like that. And, and some of the albums that I've done are actually also series is, you know, like I've done uh, several, a couple uh, series on the elements, you know, earth, air, water, and fire. And um, so those come out as a package also, but artist driven albums, you know, are no more than once a year, sometimes once every two years. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, you got to keep your hand in. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. 14 Grammy nominations, twice a winner. And, you know, that in itself, it, it just, it's, it speaks of the talent you have. And we're going to hear that in a moment with your, uh, your latest single. But, but what, what's it like being part of, I mean, that level of, of music? Because uh, it, 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 it must be so good uh, with the recognition and your peers around you. But I get the idea that you're quite a humble man who just is blooming good at his craft. I just really enjoy what I do. And, you know, even though I do have, you know, I, you know, if you sum up my entire four decade career in two paragraphs, it sounds pretty impressive. But then again, we're condensing, you know, four decades into, you know, 30 seconds of reading. Um, I enjoy, of course, the, the accolades, the Grammy nominations and wins and other awards I've received. But 
I am honestly much more interested in exploring my my daily life as a human on the planet. You know, I happen to play the piano and enjoy it. And I'm fortunate enough that people enjoy listening to it. So I actually have had a career. Mm -hmm. uh, but my, my ambition was never to be famous, you know, or, you know, my ambition was never really even to be Grammy nominated or winning. When I first got my first nomination, I was blown away. Like, really? I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about that, you know? I just enjoy what I do. Mm -hmm. But as well as that, though, you do get to have those anonymous moments because when, yeah, with the TV shows and things, it, you appear in the credits, but you don't normally get the sort of recognition that the music in TV deserves because without music in the background and drama and, and, and all the other areas that we see it, it just doesn't work. And it's amazing the difference that you can make to telling a story. Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's like a whole other character in, in the series or in the, in the show. Um, and, you know, some of the best music for TV and film really does go by unnoticed. Mm -hmm. It feels like more of an emotionally driven energy rather it, than, it, it oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, sometimes you have a beautiful melody that people go, oh, wow, that melody is really beautiful. Let me remember that. And other times you're just moved by the energy of the music and you don't even remember what it was. What, though, of your TV work would you say you're most proud of but gets the, the fewest accolades that, you know, that we may not even realize was there? Or, and, and also, on top of that, a secondary, which is your favorite that we will know? <laughs> well, one of my favorite... Um, series. I did 13 uh, one-hour-long episodes of a series called How the West Was Lost for the Discovery Channel. <laughs> and uh, that was, for me, such a emotionally driven, satisfying, sad, cathartic work that I think turned out really beautifully. Um, I think that was one of my favorites and also possibly most overlooked as well. So I can, I can put those in the same category. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, again, it's it's something that say, we hear, we don't register, but unless we, it wasn't, you know, if, if it wasn't for the fact it's there, we just wouldn't be getting into the shows that, that we're on. So uh, let's come to your latest studio album then. And uh, how did this one come about? Well, I mean, I don't know if you're going to find this interesting or weird, but um, I realized over the years that I played it differently depending on who was listening. Mm -hmm. And I decided to explore that further by actually just playing for one person at a time, having them lie under my piano and just me improvising to to and for them. And what I realized is that it was absolutely true that depending on who was there, it would affect the kinds of choices that I made, the kinds of melodies I was drawn to, the kinds of rhythms I would play. So I took it even one step further and would sit and talk with people, an individual person, for 20 or 30 minutes and talk about their personal life, their history, their failures, successes, dreams, aspirations, wounds, joys, whatever. And I would actually get very, very clear images in my mind of melodies, structure. I would see chord changes on, on manuscript paper and I would actually feel that I was intuitively guided to play a very specific thing for that one person. So then I'd have them land at the piano and I would record what I was playing for them, improvised, 
and give them the MP3 at the end of the session, like an eight or 10 minute improvised piece. Mm. And so some of these pieces actually, I felt were very musically sound and compositionally interesting. So I edited them to three to five minute pieces and released them as a whole album, which is called Soul Story. And then in effect, I call them piano readings, but some people call them like soul stories where they feel like I'm writing the soundtrack to their lives. And again, that number one, an absolute honor to have that done. And, and equally amazing that you can then share that. And like you say, you, you condensed a longer piece down to a, a flavor of each of these people. And I think exactly. that, that must be amazing. And, and in the sleeve notes, do we get to find out more about the people the tracks are, are, were for? No, the people remain anonymous, you know, out of privacy and respect. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, it's more interesting, I think, to have a feeling about. But maybe you're right. Maybe that would be something to do in the future to actually do like little caricatures, you know, little portraits of the individuals with the music that uh, was created through my encounters with them. That, that could be interesting as well. But I do. I've, I've done hundreds of these. Again, what I call piano readings. Mm -hmm. um, and I find them very satisfying. It's funny how, you know, in the beginning of your career, you want to play for like larger audiences and bigger venues, you know, and, and the idea is always more is better, you know. And I, and I did a fair amount of that. I mean, I played Carnegie Hall, I played stadiums, you know, I played for 50,000 people once, not as a headliner, but as part of a larger, you know, concert event with other artists. And it was, it was amazing, thrilling, but I've realized over the years that the intimacy of sharing music, creativity, uh, heartfelt sentiment with one other human being is so delicious and so juicy that I actually prefer smaller concerts, smaller groups, and the most satisfying experiences are to share it with just one person at a time. Well, if ever I'm in Hawaii, I will hopefully be allowed to sit underneath the piano <laughs> and have uh, some of my story told musically. That would be amazing. But we're going to hear The Path is Clear. So uh, wh what's the history on this one? Uh, same thing. It was uh, actually this person was a, a, a fan who became a friend who I've known for uh, several years of my life. And uh, this was uh, an improvisation specifically for her lying under my piano and uh, this this I think the music just speaks for itself you know I, I don't my whole process with this kind of work is to not second guess myself and just to say yes I get these creative ideas and I go yes and I go there and I go there and I go there and I don't think about it you know it's just a stream of thought kind of unfolding and uh, that's what this piece is well we're experiencing what you put together as an improvisation so this this is it's already something special and I, i'm sure to your friend as well this must be amazing to be released as a single to go global and get an awful lot of airplay rightly so we will be enjoying that now but before we do give us the details on where we find your history online and some of those 70 albums best place to to i mean you can put my name in, and search on the internet and all kinds of things come up my music is found everywhere fortunately <laughs> but for more intimate you know uh information about these piano readings or the retreats that i hold or new releases or just to be on my mailing list it's best to go to my website which is petercater.com p-e-t-e-r-k-a-t-e-r.com well peter thank you for joining us spending some time with us and uh i say this is 
Uh, it's a, a very intimate type of music and something which uh, has meaning, more meaning than than the you know, majority of your pop songs, isn't it? I mean, this, this is this is something which is uh, very very special. Peter Cater, thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate your time. Thank you.
The Marsh Lane plant sale has some extra opening hours in the run-up to Christmas, all getting going at Thursday lunchtime. Anthony Hall is going to tell me more. And uh, Does the wreath talk? Is this a ventriloquist act you're doing? Or? Uh, well, no, it can talk if it wants to talk, I suppose, but yeah, it's, in the it's, right it's place at the right time. Not something you've perfected yet? No, 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 no. no. But uh, having a, a great time, obviously selling a huge number of trees for the good people of Wolverhampton, and uh, it's, it's been a, a good start, hasn't it? Yeah, no, it has. Uh, when we opened our Christmas event, obviously with the light switch on, etc., a couple of weeks ago, it's just been like non-stop. Mm. Uh, Christmas trees galore. Uh, everyone's coming out of the woods work and coming to get their Christmas trees and obviously their holly wreaths. Yeah, and that is a big part of it, but plants are on sale as well. They are indeed. We've got a couple of festive plants, uh, a lot of festive planters, uh, a lot of bits and bobs. Um, available every weekend uh, but obviously as you know we are opening extra hours because of the demand uh, so we're open on a Thursday and a Friday uh, a Saturday and a Sunday every so week. So what are the times on Thursdays and Fridays? Okay so Thursday and Friday we're open uh, 1 o'clock till 6 o'clock mm -hmm. and then on weekends is 11 o'clock till 6 o'clock and then obviously Christmas week I think it's week commencing the 18th mm -hmm. we're open every day apart from the Monday. And then right the way up to Christmas Eve? That's right. Uh, we're open 11 till 6 every day, and then Christmas Eve is 11 till 2. So, uh, and, and this, again, it's all part of getting people down here and getting the interest. And I know you had a great response to the uh, the big light switch on. And we're surrounded by some of the lights now, which is all looking good. Uh, and yeah, that was good fun. And you were able to raise some great funds through the donations for the stroke patients in Wolverhampton as part of the cycling group. We did indeed. Um, just off the top of my head, if I can remember rightly, just from the opening night uh, in, in paper money, we raised £160 just in paper money. Uh, a bucket full of change, which I haven't actually counted yet. No, that, well, that'll all get done over Christmas. It right? will and indeed. That's the thing. It will indeed. And, and uh, again, the work that they do uh, is vitally important in helping stroke patients get back to normal life. Uh, that, yeah, well, yeah, that's what it's all about. As you know, it's my dad. Uh, it's all about my dad, who had the stroke in 2019. And West Park Stroke Cycling Group, not only do they do the cycling, uh, but they do lots of different activities, like the gardening group, uh, day trips, arts, crafts. You know, it's all about rebuilding lives past stroke, giving them a bit of normality back in their lives. And I know that they're very grateful for the funds that you're raising through yeah, uh, the do. collections that you have here. And uh, it's all, again, about community too, and that, that's just part of the uh, outreach that, that happens. Yeah, no, definitely. That's what we've enjoyed about this year, like, you know, the, the big turnout for our Christmas light switch on. Um, it really, really meant a lot to me, mm -hmm. uh, you know, seeing all those people there. And, you know, we've become a big part of the community. Um, I've answered no end of emails and messages that have been sent in to us. Well, like, you know, what an asset we've become to the community, mm -hmm. uh, which means a lot, means the world. And, of course, the, the big sale in the run-up to Christmas, you getting those Christmas trees out there, but then a breakthrough till March. Uh, that's right, yeah, we, we're actually closing on Christmas Eve and we reopen on the 4th of March next year. A lot of people think that it's a break for me, uh, but with events like this, um, it's lots of planning. Yeah. And, uh, it's you know, it's starting prep for next year, isn't it? Exactly, exactly, and just you know, speaking to different suppliers, etc., and thinking about what we can change and what we can do bigger and better for next year. Uh, that was my aim for this year, coming back bigger and better. We've achieved that, and obviously <laughs> my, my, my actual goal now is to go bigger and better for next year. Well, we'll see what happens there. But on the wreath front, though, available as of the Christmas trees and, and the wreaths are home assembled aren't they? Uh, yeah yeah we, we've got a few different wreaths this year uh, last year we just had the wreaths that was just obviously for gravesides memorials etc this year we've made up um, a lot of the door wreaths uh, and crosses too uh, our wreaths currently start at 9.99 um, and they go right up to like 30 pound mark um, nice big wreaths and then the Christmas trees again uh, are yeah the best around the Nordman fir uh, low needle droppers um, guaranteed to last eight weeks plus 
and there's recently been uh, cut those trees as well so yeah nice and fresh that's the way we like it so details please on where people find marsh lane okay well the name's in it mm -hmm. uh it's marsh lane marsh lane plant sale uh we're right opposite armston academy uh what used to be known pendiford high school um but yeah you can't miss us uh the postcode is wv106rx uh we have got a lot of signs out there to guide people in arrow signs and we've got the big banners at the front as well if you are coming uh 4 30 onwards there's a bike yeah a massive big glow coming in marsh lane yeah the, the lights are on you'll be able to see that uh, and see keep up the good work have fun working thank on you. raising some funds and have a brilliant christmas you're a superstar thank you thank you jason That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Back with episode 704 next week. I'll see you then. Good afternoon. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.